Are you ready to get into the Word for just a few minutes? Praise God. Hallelujah. I was reading a passage of Scripture this week from Romans chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me over to Romans chapter 4. I want to try my best to deliver a message to you entitled, Hope Against Hope. That phrase uh, really stuck out to me, hope against hope. And I, I, I thought, well, i got to go on a journey to find a little bit more about what that means. I'm reading from the New American Standard uh, Bible this morning, and I want to read verses 18 through 22. And of course, this is the story of Abraham uh, and the reward that he received from his persistent faith. As many of you know, uh, in Abraham's life, he was childless for most of his life, and he received a promise later in life that he would have a child, and not just a child, but there would be multitudes of generations from his seed. And of course, it was, that was a hard thing to believe because, uh, you know, he was an old, old man, and Sarah, his wife, was an old, older lady, way beyond the years of the possibility, natural possibility, of childbirth. And so this is, picks up uh, kind of off the tail end of what I just shared with you about that little background story of Abraham. And it says in verse 18, in hope against hope, he believed. Now again, that phrase right there, I've read that I don't know how many times it's been underlined in my Bible for I don't know how long, and yet it stopped me dead in my tracks this week. But it said, in hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body now as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, in respect to the word that he was given. He did not waver in unbelief, but in fact his faith grew stronger. 100 years old, him and Sarah, way beyond the possibilities naturally of being able to have, to give birth. Verse 20 again, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. You see, a lot of us, when it takes a while for the word or the promise, the prophetic word or whatever it may be to come, pass, come to pass in our life, we drop it on the wayside. And say, well, I guess that must not have been true. I can tell you right now that Abraham had hope for a child, even though the, uh, the, his situation was hopeless. And he not only didn't drop it by the wayside, but he continued to glorify God for it, even and especially before it ever came to pass. There's a great lesson to learn right there about giving, glo giving glory to God for the answer, before the answer has ever showed up at your doorstep. Not many of us actually take that journey of faith with God. And I can tell you that the more that Abraham glorified God for the promise he got, the stronger his faith grew, even though he was in a hopeless 
situation. And I doubt very seriously that there's a single person here today that's in a hopeless situation today or has been experiencing a hopeless situation. And if you uh, are not having a hopeless situation today, I'm certain that you've had one in the past. And if you aren't having one today and you're over the one in the past, you're going to have one in the future as well. You've got to know how to have hope against hope. Verse 22, therefore it was credited to him as righteousness. You see, it wasn't just his faith that credited him or accounted unto him righteousness. It was, fact, it was the fact that he glorified God for the word that he was given and his faith grew stronger because of that praise and because of that witness and because of that testimony, even though the odds were completely against it ever happening. Are you hearing me? Verse 23. Well, I guess I was going to stop right there at 22. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Um, in the King James Version, so I went and I thought this, this phrase, in hope he believed against hope, it was a paradox. And I, it just didn't quite make sense in, in my thinking. And so I like to look up different translations and to see what it has to say in other translations. The King James Version says, who against hope believed in hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You can't lose your hope. Abraham's circumstances and the evidence of his age lent itself towards saying that he was hoping for the impossible. You're hanging on to an impossible dream, Abe, it's not going to happen. You, you are, you're beyond the age, and Sarah's beyond the age of childbearing, what, what, and she's never even had a child. This is an impossible situation. The odds were absolutely against this ever coming to pass in the natural. But he received a word from the Lord, and that he hung on to with all of his heart. On the one hand, he did have a word from God for a miracle. On the other hand, he had a situation that was impossible. I've been there. I'm sure that you've been there as well, where on one hand, you had a word from the Lord that said it was going to happen. And on the other hand, you had a situation or a circumstance in life where you went, it ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. In the New Living Translation, that phrase there in, in verse 18 says, even when there was no reason to hope, he kept hoping. That's hope against hope. Even when there was no reason to hope, he kept hoping. This is what you and I have to do in our faith walk as Christians many times. Even when there's no reason, even when it's completely hopeless, you've got to keep hoping. Why? Because you got a word from the Lord or because you found a word from the Lord to stand on and therein is what you plant your feet and, and, and grow your faith from right there. And if you'll do that and glorify God for the answer before the ever even has a chance to manifest, what you'll find is your hope and your faith growing stronger while you're doing that. We can't waver. In unbelief, even if the situation is unbelievable, we cannot waver. We all find ourselves at times caught between the word or promise 
that we have from God versus the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We're always, every one of us at any given time in our life kind of find ourselves in that wobbly spot. Number one on your uh, handout is keeping your faith in Jesus Christ in his word may often require you to keep that faith in the face of difficult times. Quite frankly, you can probably count on that most every time. Especially when the answer that you're looking for is potentially impossible, you're going to have to travel through a time of keeping your ground in faith, grounded on the Word of God, and doing that through hard times where it doesn't look like there's any possibility of an answer coming your way. You're going to hold on, and you're going to hold on to that Word, and, 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 and it will require you to walk that walk of faith through difficult, dark times. For many Christians, Oftentimes, that is when they lay their faith down because they think it's a hopeless cause, it's not going to happen, and then you begin to quit glorifying God over the answer, and you lose in that situation. You may have to, against all odds, when it comes, when it, when it looks hopeless, you're going to have to keep believing, and you're going to have to keep expecting that God will come through for you. Don't expect it to come the way you expect it to come. Don't expect it to come when you expect it to come. But you've got to keep hoping against hope that it will come no matter what the circumstances say because God said so. And for me, that's all I need is a God said so. If a God said so, done deal, that's it, I'm walking forward, I'm going to glorify God even though I, I do not have the answer yet. That's a key, to glorify God, to praise God. If you're looking for healing in your body and the situation doesn't look like it's even possible, you need to glorify God for the healing before the healing has ever even arrived. <clears throat> if you're struggling in your marriage... And you got a word from the Lord about you and your spouse. You need to glorify God for the restoration and repair of your marriage way before that repair and that restoration has ever taken place. And you got to be faithful through the dark times, through the wilderness, through the desert. you got to hang on to that word with all of your heart and you glorify God. And if you'll do that, your faith will grow stronger. You'll become a giant in faith. Romans 4.18, again, I love this one. This was from the Passion Translation. It says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, he believed and expected God to fulfill it. Are you hearing me, beloved? When the odds were against him, and it absolutely, absolutely looked hopeless, he still believed, and he still expected to God, expected God to come true on that promise. That's what you and I need to do, friends. We need to look beyond our circumstances. We need to look beyond the situation into the future of the promise that God has given you. Now, maybe you didn't get a, you know, a spoken word of revelation or a spoken word of wisdom or a prophetic word. 
Well, you get all the word of wisdom and word of knowledge and, and prophetic words right here for you and words about healing and words about safety and so forth and so on. You find that word in there and you cling to it with all your heart and believe when the situation is unbelievable. Everybody thinks faith is supposed to be easy. Faith is not supposed to be easy. I think it was Kenneth Hagin maybe shared the story one time, faith is walking out on a limb with a handsaw and then turning around back toward the tree and cutting the limb that you're standing on. Faith will require you to believe beyond the unbelievable. And so many Christians are missing out on their promise, missing out on their healing, missing out on their miracle, missing out on their answer because they give up hope before the answer has come. So we need, to, we need to look forward to the future of what God has promised. But something else that we all need to do is we're gonna at times have to look back and remember the times that he came through for you when you didn't think there was a possibility of him coming through. Amen? Everyone in this room is going to have at least one story in their life where God came through in a big and a mighty way. And your situation right now may look hopeless. It may look bleak. It may look dark. It may look dreadful. But you're going to have to go back and remember, like the psalmist David talked about in the 77th chapter of Psalms, verse 10, where he said, Then I said, I will appeal to this to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'm going to think back on, I'm going to remember back on the times that his strong hand came through on my behalf. He goes on to say, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your faith journey for your miracle answer that you're looking for may require you not only to stand firm right where you're at, praising God for the future of that answer coming to pass, but also looking back and meditating on and pondering on the times previously that he already came through for you. That'll build your faith up as well and make you a, a faith giant in Jesus' name. Amen? So when you're going through difficult times and the odds are against you, you may need to go back and remember what he's done before. And that's number two on your handout. We need to remember and meditate on the past occasions that he's demonstrated his power in your life. Did you hear me? Go back, remember, and meditate upon it. That's what the that's what the psalmist David did in chapter 77 of Psalm. When you're faced with, uh, face-to-face -face with an impassable wall and you recognize there is no way around this, you go back to the years that he got you past that last wall that was in your life. When you're faced with a sickness and it doesn't look like there's any answer for your health, you go back to the last time there wasn't an answer for your health, but he gave you an answer for that. When you're facing 
dire financial situations in your life and you don't think there's any possible way that you're going to succeed in this specific endeavor that you're in, you go back to the last time that you were facing dire financial situations and didn't have an answer and God came through for you on your behalf and you ponder that. You think about it, you remember it, you meditate, you praise God for it. So you see, you're not only giving God glory for what he's about to do, but you're giving God glory for what he's already done. And now you're standing in the middle of God's glory and you're going to see an answer in your life. Can I get a praise in the house of God? Amen. Amen. You just have to believe that God's going to do it again. I took a few phrases and verses from that song, Do It Again, to make it a part of this message today, and I want to read those bits and pieces. You have never failed me yet. I might as well just drop the mic and go home right there. That was, that was good enough. You never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the battles won. For you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I've seen you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I will never forget that you've never failed me yet. And I love how God moves in things. I put that in my message. I think it was right about there I sent Jonathan a text because they didn't have do it again as a part of the set list today. And I said, is it possible at all for you to do the song, you and the team to do the song, do it again at the end of the message today? And he went, sure. He calls me back, I don't know, half hour or so later. And he said, you ain't going to believe what happened. And I went, yeah, I probably am, because it happens all the time. He said, earlier this week, Bill called me and wanted to know if it would be all right for us to do, do it again in this Sunday service. God's always got his hand orchestrating the beautiful little nuances of things in our life. Amen? When there's no hope in sight for you, you have to cherish the promises of God. You've got to cling to them. When everything appears against all grounds of hope, you're going to have to stand in faith on what was promised. Abraham is our example. Number three on your paper is when there's no rational reason to hope, you have to hang on to what God has promised, knowing that nothing is impossible with God. But did you, did you notice what dire situation you had to be in when there was no rational reason to even hope. That's hope against hope. When the odds are against you, and there's, no, there's not even a reasonable, excuse me, a, a, a rational reason to hang on, you gotta still hang on. You gotta give God glory for what's about to come. You gotta go back and remind your own self about what he's already done and your faith will grow stronger and your grip on life will become tighter and you won't lose your grip and fall into the abyss of hopelessness. I wish somebody would praise the Lord with me today. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have to reject the physical negatives. 
You have to refuse the physical negatives that seem to make the fulfillment of God's promise impossible. You've got to reject it. You've got to refuse it. You've got to look at those negatives squarely in the face. And you've got to account their weakness in light of the absolute truth and power of God's word. For when you compare anything in this earthen realm that comes to fight against you, whether it be sickness or financial despair, marital despair, child, what, children, whatever it may be, you look at that situation and go, well, compared to the, the word of God, that thing's way weaker than what my God has to say. And you stand on what thus saith the Lord in your life. And you give God glory for what he's about to do in your life. Number four on your papers, you stand firm, being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he's able, <coughs> excuse me, to bring it to pass. You've got to be fully persuaded. There's no waffling on this, on this faith thing. Now, now, a lot of people waffle in their faith, and there's a, there's a few reasons for that. Number one is they haven't found a, a word to stand on. It's in there, they just haven't looked for it, haven't found it. So they're, they're not standing on a firm foundation if you're not standing on the Word. And, and probably they're not going back to remember the last time the Lord brought them through. And good chance they're not glorifying God for the answer that's not yet come. Because when you do those things, your faith gets stronger, just like Abraham's. And that's accounted unto you as righteousness in your life. What a beautiful picture. So you don't need to look down, pining over your weaknesses, because we are all, especially in the light of Christ, we are weak compared to Christ. I am a weak man. Okay, now I'm strong because of him, but compared to him? Okay, are you with me? So, you know, I don't, but I don't need to look down, pining over my human frailties, I don't need to look down, pining over my human weaknesses. And, and, and I've been preaching this for weeks, I don't have to look back on my cluttered failures in my life. Can I get a witness from somebody? Well, God, God's against me this or that. No, you, no you, don't look, you don't hang your head low, pining over the fact that you're just not that strong in faith. And you don't look back going, well, I got too much of a mess for God to bless. <laughs> Somebody ought to write that down. That was actually a pretty good statement that just came out. Oh, you ain't too much of a mess for God to bless. You know, you need to know that a living Savior knows what you're going through, and you need to look up to that living Savior that risen Christ, knowing that he's got you and that all of the promises of God are yes and amen in him, he's got you covered. Amen? In Romans 4.21, part of our passage in the NIV, it says, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Again, this is all a story referring to Abraham at 100 years of age believing in a promise. God took him outside one time or a number of years previous to that said, look up to the sky, Abe. And he said, can you count how many stars are up there? And of course, Abraham probably said, well, no, I really can't. And he said, well, that's how many, that's how many generations you're going to have and how many offspring you're going to have in your life. 
and yet they had never had a child, never, ever, ever had a child. And now, all of a sudden, at an old age when it was now physically impossible, he didn't say, well, Sarah, I guess it ain't going to happen. You know, Abraham was busy, let's just say, okay, because a child cometh, and we know how the child's come, all right? They didn't give up on it. We're not, we're not going to get busy as a husband and wife because we're just too old to. No, they were like, we got a promise from God. Now we're going to do our part. Amen. They did their part. They believed. They stood in faith. They thought back to the other times that God came through for them. They began to give God glory and praise for what was about to happen in the future. They did not hang their heads low. They did not go back because of their previous failures. They pressed forward on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of God, that's what we need to do. Amen? So you go, you have to go through your difficulties thoroughly convinced. Abraham was fully persuaded. You've got to go through your troubles thoroughly convinced that God is able. And he is able. He just doesn't have the same timing you do or the same answers exactly that you want. But you still have to trust in him that he knows best. You go through your storms with your soul in full confidence of his word that not a single part of his word has ever failed in fact the bible teaches us that they've every promise has already come to pass in what jesus christ did at the cross of calvary number five on your papers when you have a firm persuasion of god's ability to fulfill his promises no difficulties can shake you you just got to be fully persuaded. You cannot waver in unbelief. And, and if you do have a time of wavering in your unbelief, you got to say, Father, help me believe. And go call upon him. And, and he knows that you're having difficulties. And Lord, my faith is wavering. Would you please help me believe stronger? Begin to give him glory for the answer and watch your faith grow. So you can have hope against hope even when there's no reason to hope. You just keep on hoping when what you're believing for is against all odds. You can stand on the promises of God knowing this. He is a promise keeper and he still fulfills his promises today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As I begin to close, and the praise team can probably get ready to come on, come on forward uh, quietly. When you're up against a wall and you can't find a glimmer of hope, you need to look back at the times of your life when he did come through. I got many, many markers in my life where I can look back and go, oh, and we will say in our, our English language, if not, but for the grace of God, right? We all have those occasions. You can say like David, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember the wonders of old. And this is number six on your paper, the last one. You can remember that you've seen him move the mountains before, and he's going to do it again. Amen. You can have hope against hope. When your faith is struggling, you remember 
the times in the past that he moved a mountain in your life, and you just got to believe he's going to do it again. Can you say amen? If you can believe it and you can receive it, give the Lord some praise in the house of God. Now, I felt this in my spirit this week as I was putting this message together to do a couple of things right here. Number one, have the praise team come forward and actually do that song, do it again. But I'd like to call our altar prayer ministry forward. Uh, it looks like we have some potentially some room over here and room over here and then across the front. Any of our altar prayer ministry team that are scheduled today, come on forward. Now, keep in mind, if you're standing in front of the drums, it could get loud over there. <laughs> Anywhere over there, it's going to get loud. But that's all right. Well, my point being, you know, it's not about whether or not you can hear what the prayer is saying. We, we love to hear people's prayers when they pray for us because it does build our faith. But they'll lean in and, and, and ask you, what can I pray about? And you just tell them that they're going to agree with you in prayer and believe together. Give God glory. Every one of us have faced difficult, impossible situations. Some of us even today are right in the midst of a difficult, potentially impossible situation. And you need an answer. You need a promise of God to stand on. You're having trouble looking back and remembering the number of times that he came through for you. Or you're having a hard time in your humanity looking forward and beginning to praise him for what he's about to do. But I want you to know that he's moved the mountains before and he can do it again. And so do I have any, any, any other prayer words, a kind of elder or two that I might be able to have in the house? Is, is there any elders in the house? Amen. Come on. Give me have up here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because I really believed and have been praising God for the number of people that are just going to come forward today and say, I really need somebody to stand with me in faith. I'm facing an impossible situation. And I believe God is going to give you hope against hope. And you're going to see him do it again in your life. So as the praise team um, begins to, to play the song, I want to encourage you to find yourself in a place of worship and hum humility before God. But to come, don't bypass an opportunity. If you're, in, if you're in trouble, if you're facing a tough situation, don't just sit there. Come and receive and let someone agree with you and stand with you in faith for the answer that you're looking for. Our ushers will be available to help with traffic flow, so if our ushers can get in position as well, that would be wonderful. And so praise team, go ahead and begin and let's pray together. Let's have prayer. Let's believe together for God to come through again. Give the Lord a shout and a praise in the house of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You guys just keep on praying over here. That's just fine. Would everybody stand with me as I send you out? blessed today take this word as a part of what that handout is about you know there's there's some of you you may not be a part of a life group but you got those those 
those statements that you can stand on this week and review and think about and, and revisit the message that the Lord had for you today. To stand in faith no matter what and never, ever, 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 ever give up. Give Him glory in advance for what He's about to do. Go back and remember what He's already done because if He's done it once, He not only can do it again, but He will do it again. Can you say amen? I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you and protect you. May His face go before you, His countenance shine before you, strengthen you, and may His grace be upon you, and may you find the peace of the Lord in everything that you do. I call you blessed today. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. God bless each and every one of you. You are dismissed.